Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Welcome to the Saturday edition of the Walker AC Experience for September 9th in the year of our something something 2023. I am your host, Walker AC, and to you, my friends, yes, you are my friends while I'm still alive. I go by Adrian. In this edition, we're going to talk about a couple of things, make a couple of inappropriate jokes, but in the end, we're going to enlighten. We're going to solve another thing of the world, which we're not going to take credit for, because we're not heroes, folks. We are legends. Now, before we get started, of course, I'd like to introduce to you my co-host, my straight man, my intelligent one to my idiocracy. He is Kevin Yu. Hey, Kevin, how's it going? Hello, it's me, Kevin. I think people should announce themselves more like that way. <laughs> you know, it, it definitely have more gravitas, you know, towards, uh, towards the show itself. How are you doing these days? I am full of chicken and, yeah, just trying to pretend to be healthy by eating some vegetables along with it. Because, you know, it's like within, in a Chinese uh, philosophy, you're supposed to eat in balance. It's like a hot and cold thing, so if you've got like, fried food, just eat a salad and it'll balance out. So if I eat a ton of cake... As long as I eat a couple of slices of lettuce, I, I, am I okay? Well, maybe by, by volume. You, you just eat like a, you know, a lettuce cake. You know, science. <laughs> Sciencey things. Mm-hmm. So, before we get started, of course, we'd like to thank Podbean.com for hosting our show once again. You can always find us here and on 21, not 22, 21 different platforms, whether it be Spotify, Amazon, or um, everything in between. Now, you cannot listen to us on the Stitcher app anymore. The Stitcher app is uh, no longer available, but give us a subscribe to podbean.com. Of course, email us under slackingmajestically01 yahoo.com. We'll always get back to you and everything in between. But today, we're going to go a little bit of a different route. Uh, most of our shows are always about uplifting, um, solving world's issues that Kevin and I personally do on, on our own, and a couple of everything else in between. But we're going to go a little bit on the opposite side. We spoke about this topic before, and I think it bears repeating because I'll give you a little bit of backstory, folks. Just take this ride with me. Um, in a few days, yours truly is taking a long, arduous flight to California for business. Yes, folks, yours truly, the land mammal, the wolverine, the fox himself, is hopping on a tube for six hours to go to a place I've never been. It's going to be tremendous. I'm not going to, not going to dare to even try to fib about that. But I'll be gone for a couple of days on business. But that's not the main thing. The main thing is I am horrified of flying. I know what you're thinking. You, Walker AC, the man of all men, the excellence of everything? Yes, I'm terrified of flying. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about fears. I know we talked about fears before in the past, but we're going to dip into it a little bit because in all reality, Kevin, fear 
is imaginary. It doesn't exist. It's what's in your head. But, of course, we're humans. You know, we have a fear of multiple things in life. It's something that very few of us can control. And that's one of the very few things that I can control is just a fear of flying. Now, of course, it's not the attitude of we're going to crash and burn in a fiery wreck. You know, it's just the thing of something not being underneath me is what the main problem is. And, of course, that crashing part too but um what are your thoughts on the fear of flying i mean and plus do you have any kind of fear of flying mm. well let me well first let me ask a question are you afraid of being in the open water like on a boat i've been on a boat a few times um i've gotten seasick a few times but with medication i've balanced out um in the sea bothers me more because once again it's really nothing under you <laughs> i see so you wouldn't want the superpower to fly got it all right gotta tell the genie for that one <laughs> uh, well you know flying technically i can see why people are, are kind of afraid of it you are in like a giant metal like several ton vehicle that's flying through the air, you know, and just like hopefully everything goes right. And you know, we've come a long way since the Wright brothers, so there's a lot of safety precautions, and we've gotten really good at flying so far. But it's, I mean, logically, I can see the primordial difficulty with accepting the fact that you're several miles up in the air. It is kind of scary. <laughs> and like, it is beyond your control. So you're just hoping everything goes well. And it totally, it's, I think it's, you know, it's reasonable. Fear may be illusionary, but fictions are still powerful, no matter what. You know, we're all afraid of something. And if you're, if you're not afraid, there's probably something wrong with the amygdala in your in part of your brain. <laughs> you, you, should be, you should be worried about that. But uh, I'm not afraid of flying because I wasn't given a reason to be afraid. I'm sure if I had a traumatic experience, yeah, I'd be terrified. Or if I thought about it too much, I'd maybe, you know, might weird me out and get too nervous about it. But I just haven't had anything to trigger that sort of fear in me. But um, you know, I'm more afraid. I'm more afraid of like missing my flight, or having screaming children on my flight. Or just somebody having a complete freakout and forcing us to land. Because, you know, I'm, I get worried about psychopaths. <laughs> and that is true. I mean, obviously I'm not going to make the racist joke of anybody screaming Ali Akbar or anything else like that. Because that's few and far in between. And knowing my luck, I'll be sitting next to an Ali Akbar. No, I'm kidding, folks. I'm, I'm kidding. And please, it's jokes. It's jokes. Don't worry. Save all the hate mail. Um, but, and I agree with you, 100%, logically speaking, every single precaution is made. You know, the probability of something devastating happen is slim to none. But your psyche focuses on that small percentage. You know, to the old classic Hitchcock movie, there's something on the wing, you know, or you smell something burning or just every single 
weird scenario will play out in your mind. Um, I've flown many, many of times, multiple times. Uh, my flight times have mainly been just two hours, two and a half hours, maybe three to the most, nothing really exceeding four hours. Um, I flew back in 92 to Germany um, on a very long flight, 12 hours, I believe, on a humongous, humongous plane. So that comforted me a little bit. Um, but the smaller planes, you know, no, I take that back. I don't want to lie, Kevin, and say smaller planes, but just the basic planes, you know, um, it's for whatever reason, I just can't wrap my head around um, flying. The taking off part, the landing part, the once you're in the sky part, and then the tremendous thing of turbulence. Turbulence makes my scrotum pop up into my throat. And, uh, of course, going to the bathroom during turbulence always works out for me for the best. It's tremendous. Nothing says fun like trying to use the bathroom when the captain tells you to go back to your seat where you experience turbulence. And then your either body is not using the bathroom or it won't stop using the bathroom so you get back to your seat in time. So, yeah. Plus, I watch way too many disaster movies in my time. Well, here's a fun hint. Serve the cabin crew. If they're calm, you have nothing to worry about at all. If they're freaking out, you know, call your loved ones. <laughs> well, that's definitely one way of putting it. Because, mm, you know, that's usually the way it goes. So, like, turbulence is kind of unnerving. Flying through, like, a thunderstorm is unnerving. But if they're cool with it, you should be cool with it, too. That is true. That is true. But with the aid of legal medication, I've been able to survive two, two and a half hour flights and whatnot. Now, what uh, legal medication, you may ask? Great question. Now, this works for me. This may not work for you. I don't condone it. I don't, uh, I don't advertise it. For what works for me, four Benadryl and a glass of Merlot. That'll put me out for two hours. Now, this particular flight, we're going to have a layover. An hour plus layover. Now, you talk about screaming bloody murder. I'll be drugged up, landing, walking around in a haze for an hour and a half, then hopping back on a plane for another couple of hours. So, yes, Kevin, I'll be internally screaming. Yeah, we just have that internal freak out. I've had that before. But uh, it could be... I don't know. It could be an exercise if we had the right mindset. An exercise in kind of, um, it's like, you know, how you relate yourself. Because, you know, virtues mean nothing unless they are tested. Everybody can say they're strong and brave. While they're comfortable, no danger. But it's when you got that crisis, then you see what you really are made up and how you treat yourself so i mean it may be last minute right now but i would even dare say maybe download some podcasts or audiobooks about trying to resolve this and like even like using this as, as an experience to reconcile with your fear and that if you can kind of get yourself in the healthy mind state maybe it can be something really rewarding where like you get through and like all right I didn't feel so bad because I kept my mind right. And it could be something that could be really powerful. 
And yes, or I can be wearing adult diapers just in case I happen to have an accident during that six-hour flight. Um, but I digress. I... Oh. Well, hold on real quick. I guess you didn't hear about that story where a flight from Atlanta to uh, Greece had to be turned around because somebody had explosive diarrhea. No, I did not hear. <laughs> oh, yeah. Happened this month. <laughs> Please explain so, it while I'm trying to calm my nerves during this flight in two days. Sure, go ahead. Apparently, somebody had diarrhea so bad that it was, like, overflowing. Like, you know, we're talking about, like, you know, a snail trail. And so, <laughs> they're like, well, this is becoming a biohazard. Gotta turn their flight around. <laughs> I'm like, man, I feel bad for everybody involved in that. Like, you know, how can you live that down? Wow. And plus the fact of um, it was diarrhea and you had to be on a plane for who knows how many hours going through it. Now, mm -hmm. here's hoping uh, my diet will, will uh, not be in effect when I hop on a plane. So I'll definitely make a notion to uh, eat very lightly before I hop on a plane for six hours. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you are right. And everybody knows that, you know, fear is an, an irrational thing. It's really made up. But once again, you know, it, it definitely plays upon our, our psyche. I mean, people are afraid of clowns. You know, I love clowns. I, it, I never understood the, the fear of clowns, for example, but I understood. Um, some people are afraid of balloons. Don't understand it. Not going to shame it. But there's a certain fears, you know, that one person will say, I don't understand it, while the other person totally agrees. So with the fear of flying... I spoke to a few people here and there that are close to me and they say the same thing. You know, it's okay. It's just a plane. Everything will be fine. But it's one thing until, you know, you finally step on that plane, that tube of death. And, uh, yeah, just like you said, you look at the people around you. If they're okay, okay, you're, you'll be fine. But if the flight attendants are soiling themselves, then you know, you know, pick up that phone and call that loved one and say, hey, it was nice knowing you. Or you call your enemy and say, hey, screw you, you know, before I go. Kind of thing. A couple notes. So you're not afraid of clowns. I, you know, I dare you to wrestle Dwayne the Clown. Hey, he's on my bucket list. Okay, he's on my bucket list. <laughs> number number two, tubes tubes of death are what I call hot dogs. I think they're gross. <laughs> <laughs> and I number like... three, with your corner enemy during your final hours, you'd be like, you should say like, I'm going to haunt you as soon as I can. Or this plane is going down straight to your house. And there you go. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm sabotaging this just a crash into you. <laughs> <laughs> because you don't you know, bring my records back, okay? You did not bring my old John records back. I'm crashing into your house. Um, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked kind of off air a little bit about how to, how to deal with it. Um, because, like, say, for example, I'm all about sleeping. I'm all about being drugged up and sleeping. But if somebody wants to speak to you during the flight, you know, what would you, what would you say to them, Kevin? You know, just to, you know, just to politely excuse yourself, you know, without screaming bloody murder in their ear saying, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm a mental jumbled mess. Please don't talk to me. I think it's about being clear about your needs and telling people that, you know, this is a really tough time for me and that, I would ask for your help to get me through this by letting me process this on my own and like 
it's what I need, and that you, like, I invite you to be a part of this by, by letting me be, you know, it's a, it, because, like, you know, if, if they're not, they're just going to make things worse. Sometimes people try to help, have, like, kind of, like, with good intentions, but, you know, as the, intent, the saying goes, the, the, well, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And so you need to be direct with people. And you need to kind of like politely have barriers, boundaries. You got to put that verbal shock color on them. Like, wait, wait, wait. I remember, I can't handle this. And, you know, please be my ally. And don't make things, you know, and just help me get through this by respecting my needs. And like, you know, I don't, you know, we, we, we all want a, a um, productive and, and safe flight. And so we can work, do it, work this together if we understand and are on the same page about this. It's not about being demanding. It's not about threatening. It's not about lashing out. It's not about begging for people to help you. It's kind of like, like saying, here's the plan. And I would, I, you know, join me on my quest versus like, you know, making an adversarial, adversarial um, interaction. Yes, that's something I'm going to have to remember. And, you know, I always wondered where that fear of flying came from. Because I've never experienced that before. I've, you know, I, 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 was, I was never one to fly a lot as a child or even as a teen. Um, I did most of my flying as an adult. Um, I would sometimes, at my job, to make a small little anecdote, um, I was at my job in the Florida Mall, Kevin. Florida Mall work together. And I would make my own schedule. Sometimes I would take um, the first weekend of every month off. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Fly out of town to see some friends. And I was always comforted to know that the flights were only two and a half hours. So if I did have any kind of panic attack or any kind of mental breakdown, it was only for two and a half hours. You know, I could, I can grit my teeth and, and just bear through it because, bizarrely enough, I've always made the joke, the fates love me. The fates love messing with me because that's just the way life is. Every single flight I've been on, Kevin, has always had turbulence. Not, not a few minutes of turbulence, but 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes of turbulence. And I've never lost bowel control during flights. There may be a few occasions where I came very close but just every single plane ride I've been on has had turbulence. And it's always happened the moment I get up to use the bathroom. It's a tremendous thing. So now, I'm going to experience six hours of this. You know, that, uh, that uh, depend adult diapers really doesn't, seem, really doesn't seem too bad. Yeah, I mean, maybe just take a laxative so you get it all out of you first. We have to strike. Yeah, stop, you know, <laughs> stop by, get some metamucil real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Work on my fiber diet right then and there. Yes, absolutely. I mean, on, you know, a, a long time ago on Cereal and Beer, uh, my other podcast, I have stated that every adult will shark. Don't, you know, don't pretend like you don't. Hey, all of you out there, don't pretend like you haven't done it. It's going to happen to you. It's fate. You know, it's unavoidable. It's like death in Texas and sharding. It's going to happen. You're not better than any of us. 
<laughs> but, you know, I, you know, like, don't you fecal shame me? How dare you? <laughs> For you shall, you shall be experience the pain. <laughs> but no, I mean, just just to put a capper on the whole flying thing, once again, um, folks out there who 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 have the same phobia as I do, you know, of course it's going to be okay. You know, of course, you know, you'll make it through. Of course, you will have those subtle subtle moments of panic because for me it's a control issue you know, uh, I'm one of those people that I have to drive the car you know I have to be in control of the situation because if I'm not driving the car the car could be in a car wreck you know if I'm not driving the plane which sounds so ludicrous if anything happens I have no control over it you know, it's just, just such is life, such is life, you know, it's time to go, it's time to go. Nothing you say or do can prevent it. So things that are in your control, you try to maintain. But being on a plane, you know, with, with so many things that are going on, you know, you're like, the last thing I want to do, you know, is die in a fiery car wreck next to the guy sitting next to me with flip-flops on and his feet smelling kind of thing. That's not how I want to go out. But, uh... Yeah, it's, it's, it's just a really bizarre kind of phobia to have. And as I sit and I talk to you, thinking about it in my head, I'm like, this is no big deal. This happens all the time. You know, you fly, you do your business, you fly home, you continue on with life. It is what it is. But really funny, and not a very funny ha-ha, but a funny kind of, uh, kind of way. Now, Kevin, look at your schedule. Look at your calendar. And tell me what Monday is. Monday is National Lasagna Day. I don't know. <laughs> I wish. That would be kind of nice. No, Monday, uh, Monday is this weird thing that people do on national tragedies. They celebrate it, which I don't like that word, celebrate. Um, Monday is September 11th. Oh, yeah. That reminds my favorite joke. Uh, okay, ready? <laughs> Here we go. Here, now it's my turn to be controversial. Okay. Here we go. Adrian, knock, knock. Who's there? 9-11. 9-11 who? You said you'd never forget. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was good. Thank you. Thank you. That, that was good. And once again, folks, here at the Walker AC Experience, <laughs> save, save, yeah, save all your hate mail. It's, it's just humor, folks. It's just humor. That's what life is. We laugh at life. But, uh, yeah, uh, today I was looking through the itinerary for everything and my flight. You know, I'm like, okay, uh, you know, dreading it and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, really? Really, guys? We're going to do this, right? September 11th, I'm flying for... Okay. What can I do to get out of this flight? I tried. I failed miserably. So I'm flying. But yes, I saw that. I'm like, wow, guys. Just kick me square in the huevos. Just kick me right there. It's fine. But uh, yeah. So add on to my anxiety about flying. So we're going to just put that cherry on the, uh, the old shit cake there and, and go from there. So as I put a cap on this particular topic... I'm sorry, Kevin, were you going to say something? Oh, I was thinking like you could kind of, 
I don't know, do a TV sitcom-esque thing to make sure that they never invite you again. <laughs> it's like, for example, eat a bunch of garlic. Don't shower. Like, yeah, do 100 push-ups and don't shower. Um, spend the whole flight doing your best Steve Urkel impression. <laughs> <laughs> That'll kill him. Or just have, you know, oily diarrhea and just let loose. But, uh... <laughs> That's one way you're doing it. I'm not one for wanting attention on myself, even though I host a freaking podcast. But I don't want attention on myself. But uh, <laughs> I have, you know, I have a couple of days to mull this over. And of course, Kevin, if this is my last podcast before I die in a fiery tubi wreck, it's been a pleasure knowing you for over 20 years. And please, everyone, continue to listen to the Walker AC experience minus the Walker part. Uh, yeah, it will be turned into the Kevin U experience, not the Walker AC experience. It's okay. I'll, 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 I'll how about if I just do some um, deep fakes of you? <laughs> you know, like, yes, that is correct. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why? You know, Walker AC's voice has changed an awful lot, you know, since, since that one day he flew. It was kind of weird, you know? It really sounds like Kevin. Oh, oh my goodness gracious so everyone say a little prayer for me and uh hopefully i make it back in time to make another horrendous show with very offensive humor i blame kevin for it and uh we continue to, to go on as well um so uh any topics on your mind before we go to the next one hmm. uh spontaneously thinking to try to get back to the positive theme of our podcast um, I want to talk about the idea or concept of guilty pleasures. First of all, do you have any guilty pleasures? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, but I will let you go first because mine might surprise you. Hmm. Okay. Um, mm, let me see. I was going to lean to my second question. Like, do you think guilty pleasures should just involve guilt at all? So let me ask you, I mean, should, should people feel guilty about anything they like? No, not exactly. Because you are correct in a couple of manners, but yeah, guilty pleasures shouldn't really be guilty. <laughs> because it gives you pleasure. Um, okay, so I'll yeah. give you one of my guilty pleasures and I'll have you respond to that. Mm -hmm. There is a show my son used to watch many years ago when he was a kid. The show was called I Carly. You ever hear, you ever hear of that show? Yeah, I, Carly. Yes. I used to watch I, Carly all the time with him, and now in the latter stages of my life, I watch I, Carly on my own because it's hilarious for what it is. Now, of course, it, you might be thinking, creepy old man watching little kids on a TV show, you should be suspended, you should be you know, on a watch list. No, guys, it's not like that. It's an old show that reminds me of my son's childhood that I still find it entertaining to this day. So, part two to that question, Kevin. Well, you know, I think that's, you know, it is kind of, you know, even though it's not your demographic and not targeted for you, you still derive some sort of, like, you know, enjoyment from it. Is it that bad? For example, um, because you can enjoy things in a different way. Uh, my niece really likes this one show. Um, uh, what was it? It's on, like, I think Nickelodeon something. Gabby's Playhouse. Or Gabby's Dollhouse. 
and I really appreciated the themes and the production values and the messages it was trying to give the children. And on that level, I thought it was a really nice show. Of course, it's not aimed at me. Not everybody's, not everything is supposed to be geared towards me. But I'm just glad it exists, and I'm glad children enjoy it. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I still watch cartoons. Um, you know, I still watch cartoons that my son used to watch. Yeah, because it brings back memories of him at, at that young age. So whether it be SpongeBob or Fairly Odd Parents or iCarly, you know, I will find myself one day just sitting on my couch watching that TV show, laughing at it. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, really? Should I really be watching this? <laughs> you know, should I be watching Law and Order or CSI or something? But no, I'm watching cartoons. That's just what it is. Um, a second guilty pleasure of mine. I'm trying to really think. I'm a very, very basic kind of a guy. So when my guilty pleasure is like, you know, like eating Captain Crunch or eating Cookie Crisp, you know, kind of stuff like that, you know, just reminds you, reminds me of my childhood. So it's a small guilty pleasure that I really don't broadcast to a lot of people too late, but just little simple things like that. I mean, what other ones do you have? Like, I just try not to feel guilt about anything I do or I, I like, you know, like I... I mean, I do like both low, like, quote-unquote, low-brow and high-brow things. Like, I really enjoy, like, learning about the world and self-improvement, you know, and those kind of, like, high-brow things. Like, I'm interested in going to, like, a symphony. That'd be fun. I think that'd be really enriching. Whereas I really enjoy watching, like, something like Anchorman. You know, that was a really great, one of my favorite movies from, you know, like an earlier time in my life it was so dumb but just hilarious to me and I think there's room for both these things these kind of things in somebody's life yes I mean I visited the Salvador, Salvador Dali Museum uh, over in Tampa and that is just amazing the artwork and just the ambiance of the places blew my mind and then I would go home and watch Jackass so it's <laughs> you know <laughs> Uh, and, you know, how, how just empty-minded you have to be to watch Jackass and then go back and listen to classical music or watch Salvador Dali artwork. So, yes, guilty pleasures, definitely a plenty. And it, it's not, yeah, it's, it's, it's not really guilt. I, I, don't, I don't understand the concept of that. And I do want to make the, a, a caveat to that. It's, yeah, you shouldn't feel guilty, but you should also be conscious about some of the things you like. Like, sometimes it is kind of, pro like, if it's problematic, if it is kind of toxic, like, mm, maybe think about it a little harder. Like, because, like, like, you can have conflicting feelings. Like, for example, I think contact sports are very interesting. Like, I was even debating tonight I'm going to watch the uh, UFC fight tonight. It's a big title, title fight tonight. Uh, part of me is I really enjoy martial arts and, and competition. But at the same time, people are getting really hurt like the prelims a guy caught like a punch to the eye and it swelled up like a like horrifically i'm like oh this is the part of the, the reality of the sport there people get really hurt mm -hmm. and it's like and just like it's like i have conflicted feelings you know it is kind of like human cockfighting so i'm cognizant of these things and i have to accept criticism that it is kind of like it's like mm, it's not you know purely innocent fun 
Right. And I can tell you one guilty pleasure that you and I share that maybe 30% of the world, you know, they get into. Because obviously numbers don't lie. But pro wrestling. Pro wrestling is a guilty pleasure. Pro wrestling is something that most people don't share with their friends and family. You know, because you always get that canned response. Oh, the fake stuff. Oh, sweaty men in tights fighting each other. You know, stuff like that. So, and I can honestly say a good chunk of wrestling fans, you know, are kind of ashamed about it a little bit. You know, they don't want to tell their significant other or their buddies that they watch wrestling because that's just a canned answer they're going to get. So that could be a guilty pleasure. It doesn't really hurt anyone. It's not something that's really mainstream like everything else is. You know, like, like your example, UFC. It's barbaric, but it's more accepted than pro wrestling, you know, because of all the glitz and the glamour and all the hype that surrounded wrestling for so many years. So, now obviously, guilty pleasures, we're not going to dip into, like, porn or anything. But, I mean, we talk about just, you know, most societal stuff like, like pro wrestling or, like, your UFC or cartoons and stuff like that. Um, now, um, I did have one other guilty pleasure, and we'll bounce it back to you. And I do have a little postscript on one of the guilty pleasures I found out months ago, which is kind of just dark and scary, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, a guilty pleasure is sitting down and just watching talk shows, watching classic talk shows like Jerry Springer and and uh, the Jenny Jones show and stuff like that. Just mindless, you know, mindless people fighting and arguing over who shagged who and whose babies are who and who's the father and... Stuff like that. I mean, yes, it's entertainment. It's fake, you know, but you watch stuff like that because you turn off your brain for a few minutes, but you don't really want to broadcast that to everybody. You know, you know that you watched the Maury Povich show, so. I mean, in like in the abstract, I can understand why people like it because it's so like outrageous. This is it's a giant spectacle. And like, as long as people know it's fake, <laughs> I think it's it's interesting to learn about the history of Jerry Springer show, where it was actually originally about Jerry trying to have tough conversations. If you can, you know, if you look back in the, like his first season, and it quickly turned into what it was known to be hyper uh, hyper sensationalized, and like to the point where like they dropped the facade and they you know they just lean into it being so fake. Um, I also, <laughs> I also thought it's weird to be an audience member in, the, in those type of shows. <laughs> It'd be really strange. It's like quick boo, boo harder. <laughs> You're not doing it right. <laughs> you know, or or they pretty much tell the people that are on stage, you know, that this is you know you know this is your scene, and and your buddy is shagging you know your wife or your sister, and you're gonna fight, and stuff like that, and it's yeah, it's like you said, it's human cockfighting. It's purely entertainment in a much more updated gladiator type style. And uh, yeah, yeah, that is a guilty pleasure because if you remember back in the 90s, early 2000s, for example, Jerry Springer was the hottest thing ever because it was just, it, it was, it was pro wrestling slash UFC, you know, in a much more grander scale was just, you know, people in America fighting each other. And that's all it was. Yeah, without real fighting. It's 
And it's also interesting to see as a, as a capsule as, uh, of the zeitgeist, of what was popular at the time. Um, I watched um, uh, an interesting documentary about American Gladiators and how at first they feel criticized, like, oh, this is junk TV, this, this is what you know, entertainment has devolved into. And it's so funny to think of how innocent it was. I'm like, oh, you must be losing your minds now about what's available for entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> like, now you can watch people, you know, die on the internet for. <laughs> it's like you can watch that now. It's <laughs> it's so funny to think how naive people used to be, and also I think like, okay, you ever have like um, invasive thoughts? Like for example, like you know, if you're standing next to like a tall ledge, it's like I wonder what it'd be like to push somebody over here. Yes. Something like that. <laughs> right. That's human nature, right? And well, this is why I shouldn't be on live TV. <laughs> like, I can't, I, I, that would be in my brain. Like, if I wasn't, like, an audience member of one of those shows, like, what if I did, did the opposite of everything I'm supposed to do? Like, here, when people are booing, like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right, you bad teen. <laughs> Don't go to boot camp. Don't go to just be a complete jackass. Just to kind of like turn things on their head. <laughs> oh, you, 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 get kicked, you get kicked out immediately. Instantly, like, oh, that Kevin guy's here. Get rid of him quickly. But that would make things so much more interesting. <laughs> it would. And, <laughs> and, and, just, and just like you said, back then, people would buy those Jerry Springer Too Hot for TV DVDs and just watch all the fights and the girls flashing and and stuff like that, and people thought it was real for, for many, many, many years. And then they find out that it wasn't real, and his ratings declined, and he had to do something just insanely silly and stuff like that. It was the most bizarre times, but people fell for it, hook, line, and sinker, and it was a guilty pleasure. You know, you wouldn't admit that you watched Jerry Springer, but at the same time, you're not admitting that your friend is watching the exact same thing you're watching and not saying anything. It was a popular thing that nobody talked about. Yep, which is exactly it's like people aren't being real, and even like now, re remember reality TV. Reality TV is not real. That is still scripted and staged. It's just poorly acted. It's like the element of real life, but nobody's like you know taking a dump on the toilet. You know, <laughs> you know the people aren't just like being mundane or just having like really boring conversations with each other. Because like that, that's not how good TV works. It, it's like you know they cut and edit the clips to make things look and sound more dramatic than they actually are. I mean, if people have found a way to make you know real estate interesting, then you know you you gotta know there's like a lot of editing editing involved. Oh yeah, of course. And interesting postscript to what we talk about reality TV. I never got into reality TV. Never got into it. I watched Springer, you know, when in my teens, because it was entertaining, and the thought of a boob popping out was, oh my God, riveting. But as I got older, and you know, we had those shows of Real Housewives of Atlanta and New York and Abu Dhabi and stuff like that, no, that never really appealed to me because you knew that the common person, as you said, never act like that. You know, they were never this outlandish or the real world. You know, nobody, no one acts like that. And Jersey Shore and all those other mindless things, because that's what they were. They were just 
mindless things to unplug your brain for an hour or so a day. Um, but back to my little thing here, and then we'll go into another top, top topic or we'll continue on this one. Um, the producer, the manager of iCarly, did you hear about his scandal that happened oh so many years ago? Oh, no. So, yes, this, this producer, the creator of iCarly, and he did uh, a couple of other shows. I know people right now are screaming at their uh, phones right now going, no, idiot, there was a whole lot more he did. Yes, he did a whole lot more. He did iCarly, Sam and Cat, Victorious, all these other, you know, teenage uh, TV shows. He, he was kind of a schmuck to the cast. He was a bully to the cast. And he was very inappropriate to the cast. Now, he had a certain fetish that oh. he liked. Now, Kevin, we're going to play a little game here. I'm going to give you three guesses to what his fetish was. And it eventually okay. got him fired. <laughs> okay, let's see. I have two in mind. Number one seems like an incredibly common one. Is it beat? Ding, ding, ding. You are correct, All sir. Right. <laughs> All right. He, my, other, uh-huh. my, my other guess is making women watch, making women watch, watch as he masturbates. Because that's a rich, rich man's fetish. That's not for <laughs> poor people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yes, he was into the feet thing. Now, for those of you who are going, really? No, come on. That's silly. Pause this podcast, hop on YouTube, type in iCarly feet. There we go. Yes. Yes. So what he would do is certain parts of like certain shows, Victorious or iCarly or Sam and Cat, he would always have particular scenes to where the girls would have no shoes and they would show off their toes and their feet or something like that. Or they have something thrown on their feet, drawn on their feet Stuff like that. I mean, something totally that you would never really pick up. And he would send out Twitter posts saying, hey, in this episode, you know, Carly's, iCarly's feet are going to be on there. Name her toes. Or they would have Sam and Sam and Cat suck on each other's toes or do something really just weird that they would just label, they, they would label as comedy. So, yes, as gross and as perverse as it sounds... It was so innocuous. I think I used that word correct. I may, may not have. Um, go on YouTube and look it up. You never really see it until, yeah, they point it out to you. So, yes, he was fired because he was a feet, feet perv man. So, yeah, that was kind of gross. Well, you know, I, I do feel compelled to say, like, okay, if that's your thing, then that's your thing. You know, it, it's, not, it's not a bad thing to have it, but it's not okay to force it on to unwitting people. Now, of course, I hate to even say I hate to even say this and I'm going to chuckle a little bit. There was a topic in cereal and beer a couple of months ago to where Jeff was going to say something and he kind of stammered for a second. He thought about it and he says, I'm not saying that Bill Cosby was wrong. And I just laughed so hard. Because that just came out of nowhere. He's going to talk about a certain topic, and he couldn't word it right. So he had to say, you know, I'm not saying the Bill Cosby was wrong. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, hey, if you're into feet, that's perfectly fine. But once again, like you said, forcing it upon other people, 
and making your and making other people do it. Yeah, that's a whole another whole another apple there. But yeah, I had to make a little small aside about that show iCarly. And now, come to think of it, now I sound like a freaking purr for saying, "Oh, I watch iCarly." No, I don't watch it for the feet people. I watch it for the actual show. <sighs> I mean, it's you know. <laughs> I'm very glad you you've covered your bases. Because <laughs> maybe somebody who knew that was all like, "Ew, he looks iCarly." I'm basically in for it for the feet. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and now you know, and, and of course now we know that. We hope his plane crashes. No. Uh, <laughs> so uh, so as we wind down this show a little bit, did you have any more topics, or would you like to go into rants? Let's go into rants. Mm. You got one loaded up? Uh, yes, yes, I do. I do have a rant loaded up. The human mind. The human mind sucks, Kevin. It really, really, really mm. sucks. The 10% that we use really messes with us. Um, case in point, the fear of flying. The fear in general. The fear of anything. It really messes with you because the human mind is so complex and it's been highly documented up and down ad nauseum that we're only using a certain percentage of our, of our brain, our mind. And heaven forbid, if we unlock other chambers of our mind, you know, what other horrors can we unlock? What other phobias can we unlock? What other strange, you know, glorious, horrendic, horrendous, see, horrendous, see, there we go. And just amazing and terrifying things that we can unlock, that we can do. Um, to touch on the movie Lucy, for example. Have you seen that movie? Uh, I believe so. The one's not about I love Lucy, but Lucy. <laughs> yes. Well, Morgan Freeman, Scarlett Johansson, um, to where she is to unlock all aspects of her mind due to a created drug that was, that was entered into her body. So when she unlocked 100% of her brain, she literally became part of the world. So there's no, really nothing more that she can do because she because she knew everything, but I digress. Um, yeah, you know, just the human mind is such a fickle thing, and it can do so much wonders to us, yet can mess us up totally, because once again, we really have no control over our, you know we really have no control over our brain if you really think about it. It'd be a horrifically pedantic, or I must say that's that. That little factoid is complete bullshit. We use our, we use all our brain all the time. It, it, it doesn't make any sense when you think of the way they say it. Like you use your your brain to control your eyes, your heart, your liver, your you know everything that's going on. In, in so many in so many ways that you are are both perceptible and unperceptible, and so. It's just a weird, complete misunderstanding of neurology. And I don't know why this gets perpetrated. It's so strange. And it's like, and there are things that the mind, human mind can do, and that a person can develop those things with some um, concentrated effort and practice. For example, like really being able to um, be really accurate with, you know, shooting, I don't know, a gun, or being a great dancer. It's it's something. It is one of those popular things that are said without a lot of um, 
um, understanding. So I just want to disabuse people of that notion that you are using your brain all the time. <laughs> hey, well, you definitely corrected me, so that's definitely a good thing. I, I don't mind that at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those weird things that people say. There's just, you know, like, um, it, for, it, for, you know, just for another, like, mini rant. I'll do my pre-rant. I once <laughs> heard on, uh, like, this first came from The Simpsons. Maybe it came before that, but like, oh, in Chinese, the word for, um, the word for opportunity and crisis, I was saying, like, no, it's not. It's like, what the, what the hell just thought that up? <laughs> <laughs> like, that was like, what the hell? Don't, don't try to, like, ooh, like, Asian mystify it. You might as well have, like, like strike a gong while you're at it and you say that. <laughs> <laughs> <So> stupid. <laughs> oh, that's tremendous. <laughs> you should, like, everybody, like, um, do a Google search for fake Buddha quotes. That's a fun one, too. Mm. So, <laughs> yep. So people just, like, make up shit and attribute it to, to Buddhism. That's a good one. <laughs> but, yeah. My, <laughs> my main rant goes... About, uh, to, it's about people who listen to videos or music in public. Like you're sitting down, you know, uh, at a waiting room for a doctor or a restaurant or something. You're just, I'm just gonna watch it, watch something on my phone real loud. I don't, I don't know why, but it does just feel so. I don't know, like a faux pas. Like, am I wrong about this? No, not at all. It irritates me. Um, people that talk on their phone on speaker. It irritates me when people watch videos without their headphones on in public. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, 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 I don't understand that. Uh, I'm all about, you know, do what you want. Just leave me alone kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I don't need to hear the football game on your phone. I don't need to hear it. I don't need to hear your conversation. And no, I don't, no, I don't want to hear, you know, like the funny YouTube cat videos out loud. No, I don't need to hear that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I had, if, if I were more bold, I'd make the, like a phone, a public phone call completely awkward. Like, oh no, I got to take a shit <laughs> really loud. <laughs> My fiber check, I pooped on a plane. <laughs> hey, is that guy, that one guy? <laughs> the police are looking for him. He's on the phone. Look, officer, he's right there. He's right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, not a fan of that. <laughs> yeah, see, see, I totally blew my rant away, as always. As always, <laughs> Kevin, you always do this to me. <laughs> but, uh, That's going to be your next rant. Yeah, that's my next one. <laughs> now, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do something different here, folks. Um, before we before we say our goodbyes for the week, hopefully, hopefully, I'm gonna say my goodbye for the week. Uh, so, uh, so I'm so I'm gonna tell my uh, I'm gonna tell our listeners that what I'm gonna do is uh, if my plane lands safe and sound, which it better. Uh, I'm going to do a show that night or probably the next night, Kevin. So we're going to do a, a special California show. And nice. uh, 
on my way back from California, if I land, and Lord willing, I will fucking land, uh, <laughs> I will do a welcome back to Florida show. So we're going to have uh, two bonus shows, Lord willing. We'll have two bonus shows. Number one, Walker AC survived the plane ride show uh, to California. And another bonus show, Walker AC survived the plane ride from California back to Florida. So uh, if you don't hear that show on Tuesday, then you know something happened. And uh, yeah, listen to my past shows. So yeah. <laughs> and just to, just to spice it up a little bit, the one when you get back might be something extra special for your listeners. It might be uh, something real interesting that we, uh, that we talk about or experience. Yes, Kevin, if I uh, shart myself on a plane... I will humble myself and I'll let everybody know. <laughs> Record it for posterity. Yes. <laughs> well, good. Um, so, as we close up the show, we'd like to thank everyone once again for tuning in to the Walker AC Experience, the Out of Context Podcast, all the classic shows, as in cereal and beer. Please, once again, I cannot uh, tell about this, talk about the show enough. Go back, listen to it with Kevin, you, and Jeff. Uh, two great guys have casual conversation about everything um, and anything. So it's, it's a great listen to. And also, once again, thank you everyone for downloading the show through Podbean, subscribing, listening to us on all the other apps that are out there. And if those, those of you who are listening to the show for the first time, give us a subscribe. Type into Google the Walker AC Experience. You'll find us on so many different platforms. And as the show comes to a close, thank you once again. Kevin, any final words for our lovely listeners? Yeah. Um, I mean, we talked about charting a lot. So, you know, if you got to pee, sit down. That way you can avoid charting. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. And uh, my words of advice, folks, is uh, please say your prayer for me. Let me, uh, let me know you're thinking about me. I get there in one piece. I'm going to drug myself up like Mr. T on the A-Team, old uh, 80s reference show. I'll drug myself up, pass out, and hopefully uh, make it to California one piece. And the show I'll do, hopefully I'll be of sound mind and body. If not, Kevin will carry the show for the hour. So no pressure, guys. No pressure whatsoever. This has been the Walker AC Experience. I have been Adrian. That has been Kevin Yu. You've been my friends, my family, my loved ones, those ones who love us. Those who hate us, but you're still listening, nanny nanny boo boo, and uh, I'm not going to die in a fiery wreck on a tube. Till next time, folks, we'll talk to you in a couple of days.